Another day, another commit for Josh Heupel, the Tennessee football program in the class of 2024. That was Max Anderson on Wednesday. What does he bring to the table? And yet again, a monster weekend ahead for Tennessee recruiting. Who will be on campus and what do the volunteers need to do with those elite prospects? Tons of recruiting talk and a little bit more here on your Friday Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday and welcome into it. This is Locked On Vols. Can't thank you enough for being here. Bearing with my crazy travel schedule that resulted in no Locked On Vols on Thursday, but I appreciate you everydayers for coming back here on Friday and checking out the program. At underscore Kaner on, at, on Twitter, at Locked On Vols. You can always follow and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That is Locked On Vols on the YouTube channel and literally wherever you get your podcasts. We're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day, and this is your first listen every single day. Uh, that is Locked On Vols. Got a big show coming up. Going to talk Max Anderson, who committed to Tennessee on Wednesday, and what he brings to the table. Matt Ray, my cohort at VolQuest.com. He's going to set the scene for us in segment number two for Tennessee, a monster recruiting weekend. And we're going to tie a bow on the Tennessee baseball season in segment number three. What's next for Tony Botello in terms of the transfer portal and more? All that coming up here on Locked On Vols. So, again, I didn't have a show yesterday because I was traveling. I was Oh, I left in the morning from uh, Omaha and I went to Des Moines and I caught a flight and I saw tons and tons of cornfields and barns and antique shops along the way. It was quite a drive. Um, it was interesting. I love being out there. I thought it was neat. I thought it was really, really cool. I love seeing new places around the country. It's one of my favorite things about this job and hopped a flight and flew to Charlotte and there was some bad weather in Charlotte and was able to get a, a 45 minute flight back to Knoxville. So that was great. And I got back late last night and uh, obviously wasn't able to record, but what happened on Wednesday was, well, Tennessee picked up another commitment by the name of Max Anderson. That was the third commit in the span of about five days for Tennessee. Boo Carter started on Saturday. You had Jordan Burns on Tuesday and then Max Anderson on Wednesday. And I want to talk about Max Anderson, what he brings to the table, six foot five, 300 pounds. He is an offensive interior lineman. So Looking at probably guard, maybe we can see if he snaps the football a little bit. He chose Tennessee over the likes of Michigan, Oklahoma, and uh, some other programs as well. I think Arkansas was in the mix, but you know Max Anderson's a guy that's you know came to campus despite you know being all the way out there in Texas. He's came to camp, come to campus a couple different times over the last year, and uh, really enjoyed getting to know the University of Tennessee. Mike, uh, not Mike Eckler, Glenn Ellerby. Josh Heupel, you know, Joey Halsley, offensive coordinator now, and uh, that's kind of why he ultimately chose Tennessee. Quote over at VolQuest.com, just the people here and the culture on why he committed to Tennessee. Really love the coaches. I feel at home. It was a good decision for me and my family. When talking about Glenn Ellerby, he says he's got the same personality as my high school football coach, and I love my high school coach. We connected right off the bat when he called me. I knew I was going to get along with him. And uh, said that he's a really, really cool dude. Could just sit there and talk ball with him for hours and treats me like a good friend. Can tell that he's smart and knows the game of football an awful lot. Thinks that Tennessee's got some really good recruiters at their best in the business and uh, they've got something going here. And, um, you know, in terms of what he says Glenn Ellerby likes about his game, he said, quote, said that I extend my hips naturally, which is good for, you know, good for the, the, uh, 
a pancaking defensive lineman. He says, I have good feet and I could play all positions on the offensive line if I need it. Said he's got really, really good lateral movement as well. So that's good for Tennessee, you know, picking up an interior uh, offensive lineman. And uh, we'll see what on three directors of scouting and rankings Charles Power had to say about Tennessee's newest addition. Quote, Max Anderson is a big, relatively physical, physically developed offensive lineman who has played multiple positions in high school. Uh, he's lined up at tackle and guard. Think when you look at him, he's an interior offensive lineman long term, likely. I think with Max, his, he's uh, technically refined. He has good hand placement. Said, I think he's been coached well. He's a good run blocker and moves fairly well to the second level. Uh, more on Max Anderson from Charles Power, director of scouting and recruiting over at On3. He is probably more advanced as a run blocker at this stage. Most high school offensive linemen are. Said, I think with that skill set, along with his physical dimensions, probably pegs him as an interior offensive lineman long term. A guy from a scheme perspective fits what Tennessee wants to do along the offensive line. Could kick out the tackle if needed, so you have some position versatility there. Think coming from Texas high school football, where there are some similar concepts to what Hypo likes to do on offense. I don't think it's going to be a huge transition in terms of what he's going to be asked to do. I think this is another really good get for Tennessee along the offensive line going into the state of Texas. Landing a coveted offensive line prospect is a feather in the cap and adds to what Tennessee is doing in terms of this class that looks like it is pretty, pretty good. So uh, anyway, uh, you look at uh, Tennessee now. They've got a couple offensive linemen in the boats, and it was an important piece. Now, when you look ahead to this week in particular, we'll talk to uh, Matt Ray here in just a moment. Um, you want to put some more pieces around him. Uh, In-state's you know, Ronan O'Connell, uh, William Satterfield, it's been rumored to Tennessee for a while, and a guy that Tennessee's a, a pretty good spot with. Uh, Daniel Calhoun, who was on campus last weekend. Bennett Warren, who's going to be on campus this weekend. Uh, those are some other you know big-time uh, offensive line prospects for Tennessee. So it's a little bit about Mike, or excuse me, Max Anderson, interior offensive lineman, six foot five, three hundred pounds. And now, if you look at Tennessee's um, overall recruiting rankings and how that uh, changed once you had the addition of uh, uh, of Max Anderson, you have Tennessee now has fourteen commits in the class of twenty twenty four. And you jump up from number 13 to number 10 nationally. That's big. Now, Tennessee's back. And according to On3 Industry Rankings, Tennessee is now a top 10 class in the nation in terms of the 2024 class, which is really, really good. Move up one spot from number 6 to number 5 in the Southeastern Conference. That's big. Five out of uh, 14 teams, soon to be 16 teams. Um, that, that's really, really good for Tennessee as well. If Florida's not going on this incredible run this past weekend, uh, potentially Tennessee could be even higher in terms of that. So uh, nonetheless, Tennessee or Max Anderson, uh, he joins an offensive line committed class that already consists of, uh, let's see here, already cons consists of Gage Ginther, who is an offensive tackle, who I think his star rating will soar once uh, his senior season starts. He's, of course, from Fort Collins, Colorado. You got Gage Ginther, Jesse Perry as well, who's more of a developmental offensive tackle, six foot six, two hundred seventy-five pounds, and then Jeremiah's Herb, who I think will play offensive line at sooner or later. He might start on the defensive line, uh, but six foot eight, two hundred ninety-three pounds, a basketball player who picked up football last year. Um, that's kind of the big boys in this class, and where Tennessee ranks now in terms of the 2024 on three industry rankings. So Max Anderson joins the crew and we'll see if anybody else will join the crew over the next couple of days, a monster recruiting weekend 
is right here on Campus Fort Tennessee. We'll have Matt Ray, who will tell us all about it when we return right here on Locked On Vols. But before we get into Matt Ray, I'll remind you about our friends over at Bird Dogs. They make you look good. Bird Dogs make you feel good. Okay, They got the stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg that truly give you wait for it, a sculpted look, okay? Uh, Bird Dog Shorts, they do the exact same thing that Lululemon does, but they fit way better because those regular shorts are made of stiff, restricting cotton, but Bird Dogs has fixed that issue by inventing a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches, so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Also, one of the best things about Bird Dogs material, they use an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric, Okay, they're going to keep you cool and dry all day long. That's big uh, during these summer months for sure. I've been in Omaha this past week. I took a you know Bird Dogs pair of pants and shorts, both khaki. Uh, I went to the press box where those pants looked good, felt good, um, professional, right? You know, representing uh, Locked On Vols and, and VolQuest.com. It was awesome. Also, packed a pair of shorts when I went to FanFest, when I went out to have a few drinks with the boys. When I went to dinner, all that type of stuff. Regardless if I was in my shorts or my pants, I looked good. I felt good. I was dry, all thanks to bird dogs. And it was you know close to 95, 100 degrees over there at Omaha this past week. Uh, get your bird dogs today by going to birddogs.com slash college. And while you're there, you're going to get a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash college, And you're going to get a free Yeti-style tumbler. I promise you this right now. You get your bird dogs, you're not going to want to take them off. Welcome back into your Friday edition of Locked On Vols. I'm Mary Kane. That guy to my right is Matt Ray, VolQuest.com. Monster Recruiting Weekend coming up. But first, Matt, let's touch base on the week that has been for Tennessee. Not a bad one. Three commits in the span of about five days, starting with Boo Carter, the athlete from in-state in Tennessee, linebacker Jordan Burns from Pace Academy, and an offensive lineman from Texas by the name of Max Anderson propelling Tennessee up to number 10 in the latest industry rankings over at On3. Yeah, we'll start Boo Carter. I mean, again, a big, big commitment for Tennessee, a guy that can do a lot of different things for your football team in the future, uh, just is, is a playmaker, right? I mean, he's going to get his chance on the defensive side of the football. Um, and, again, I, I know everybody wants to see Boo Carter with the football in his hands, but some of the things that he can do in a short area – um, you, you just can't teach, and I think it really lines up well for him to be a nickel corner in, in this scheme and a safety that can do a lot of different things to help Tennessee in the secondary. Um, so, again, big commitment as a player on the field, even bigger as a guy in terms of a peer recruiter. I mean, everybody's not just going to come to Tennessee because of boo, but now Tennessee has a guy with that mentality that's going to say, hey, you need to come to Tennessee. And mm -hmm. I think that's important for any recruiting class, and I think that's something that Tennessee needed in this recruiting class. You have some guys that have continued to pair recruit, Jake Merklinger, Gage Ganther. I mean, they're they're active with guys, but I think Boo Carter's going to be that guy that can take that to the next level, if you will. Um, hey, how, big, how big of a deal is uh, – sorry to cut you off there. How big of a deal is it that – we talked about Caleb Beasley, I want to say last week, but he shut down his recruitment, and that's big for peer recruiting. But also – Jonathan Eccles announced on Thursday that, hey, he's, I mean, it, you know, you knew he wouldn't go anywhere the last couple of weeks, but for the longest time, you didn't know because he was so early in terms of this class committing. But Jonathan Eccles, a four star tight end, highly rated tight end, announces, hey, my recruitment's done. Tennessee's home. 
How big is that in terms of peer recruiting like you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, again, tip of the hat to uh, Alec Ablin there. I mean, there was some there was some unknown for Tennessee after Alex Golish left as offensive coordinator and tight ends coach. And, you know, a big part of why Jonathan committed to Tennessee was because of Alex Golish and his track record as a developer and the relationship they had built early with him and those guys inside of that tight end room at Tennessee at the time. But let, let's, let's turn this into two parts. The culture at Tennessee, under what Josh Heupel has built in the short time that he's been here, led to Jonathan Eccles and his family saying, hey, let's see what Tennessee does here. We trust Josh Heupel. Um, let, let's, this is a place we feel like we want to be. We love the culture. So they didn't just snap, make a snap decision and reopen the recruitment. Um, they gave Josh Heupel a chance, and then they gave Alec Ablin a chance. They got to know Alec Ablin. And they've hit it off very well. And, you know, Jonathan Eccles takes an official visit to Florida in the month of June. The Gators swung hard and was scheduled to take an official visit to USF, uh, canceled that, and then shut his recruitment down. So, you know, kudos to Tennessee for for sealing the deal there coming out of the official visit weekend. I think it's a big deal for the Vols, especially at that tight end position right now. Yeah, no doubt, because a couple of the top targets outside of Jonathan Eccles tight end-wise have gone on and gone to different places. Amir Jackson last week went ahead and said, hey, I'm going to go to Florida after saying he was going to be in no hurry. So, yeah, that's huge for Jonathan Eccles. Uh, big time final official visit weekend coming up uh, here in Knoxville this weekend. There's going to be close to 20 guys on campus taking official visits. Let's start with uh, two wide receivers that Tennessee's uh, you know sitting in good spots with. Amari um, uh, Jefferson and Mike Matthews. Matthews, the five-star Jefferson, highly rated four-star prospect here from Tennessee, just as important as anybody else in this class if he were to join. Um, what does Tennessee need to do in terms of those two wide receivers this weekend? Yeah, you know, I think Tennessee's got some momentum with Mike Matthews still coming into this weekend. June has made things a little bit more cloudy for him as he's been at Clemson for an official visit, Georgia for an official visit, then USC last weekend. So there's you know, some some different smoke from different camps out there. And I think Mike Matthews has enjoyed all of those official visits, but don't see the Bulldogs as a real player right now for one of the top guys in, in their state. Um, I, I think Clemson's trying. Um, I think USC is probably the biggest threat to Tennessee, but how much does that distance weigh in? I think it's something that's at least a talking point right now. So I think Tennessee has some momentum with Mike Matthews coming into this weekend, they need to continue to build on it. He's hit it off really well with Kelsey Pope. He's really intrigued by the offense at Tennessee. I think one of the other things for him is he likes the idea that the Vols have Nico Iamaliava as the guy in waiting, if you will, at the quarterback position. I think he's really, you know, intrigued by that. So I think Tennessee has a lot of things working in their favor um, in this recruitment for Mike Matthews. And then with Amari Jefferson, I think you said it right, Eric, as – much of a priority, as much of a level of importance as anybody that Tennessee's recruiting in this class right now. And again, when you look at the teams that he's taken official visits to previously this month, Alabama and Georgia, that kind of sums it up right there, doesn't it? Don't don't look at the star rating. Look at who's recruiting. Look at who wants him. And, and those two want him. And Tennessee wants him really bad. And they're going to have their shot this weekend. Feels like Alabama's been the leader here since that June official visit. Um, when he was in Knoxville late May for 865 Live, Tennessee shifted some of that momentum back, and it was kind of an even race with Georgia, Alabama, and Tennessee at that point. Alabama really showed well 
you know, during the official visit, they've made an intriguing pitch to my uh, to Amari Jefferson in terms of how they see him, some player comp type things for him. Uh, Georgia swung really hard last week, but I just haven't heard you know enough to to feel like the Bulldogs are surging this one. Maybe they're right there, and it's just you know a thin margin or whatever. But I think for Tennessee this weekend, it's about reminding Amari Jefferson, hey, we've been telling you for months, you're a priority and kind of unfolding the plan for him. Uh, it's, it's an important weekend for Amari Jefferson, and I do think the Vols have a chance to even out that momentum with Alabama and make this thing a really, really tight race heading toward a likely August, you know, September decision. Talk with Matt Ray here, VolQuest.com, one of my colleagues over there here on the Locked On Vols podcast. Uh, two highly rated edge players going to be on campus this weekend, the five-star Jordan Ross and uh, Elijah rushing as well. When you look at Tennessee on the defensive line, two guys uh, they'd like to add into this mix in terms of the 2024 class. You know, coming from across the country, Elijah rushing is a guy who I think has quietly um, built a really strong relationship with Tennessee to this point, but it just hasn't been talked about quite as much. He's out in Arizona. He doesn't talk as much, but he, he really has connected with Mike Eckler, he's really interested in the scheme at Tennessee. He's interested in the success they had this past season. He's already been to campus one time, so it's not like Bennett Warren, who we'll talk about in a little bit, I'm sure, who is you know has never seen Knoxville. Elijah Rushing had a really successful visit here before he really enjoyed it, um, and, and that's one of the main reasons he wants to come back. He learned enough and saw enough on that visit that was almost a year ago that Tennessee's still a point in his mind. So big visit for him. The Vols will swing big there this weekend, and we'll see what comes of it. Yeah, last one I do want to ask you about here, Matt, is Bennett Warren. You look at that offensive tackle position. Um, you know, Tennessee got one they liked in last cycle, but they missed on three others that they really, really wanted. We're never going to get all four, but still. Yeah. Um, you look at this year's class, you have some developmental pieces and offensive tackle and some pieces that you like. Max Anderson, what you just got the other day, he's going to be an interior guy. But Ben Warren is a guy that Tennessee really, really enjoys, and he'll be on campus for the first time, right, this weekend? Yeah, for the first time. I mean, it looked like it was going to happen at some point in the spring, and it never, it just never came about. Um, but Tennessee never quit swinging there. You know, I think when I talked to Bennett Warren earlier this week, he told me that – I said, what stands out about Tennessee? I mean, you know, he had uh, – he's had official visits planned – um, it wasn't for certain if Tennessee was going to get one, and he was trying to fit it into his schedule and when he was going to decide, trying to decide if he was going to take midweeks. And then he decided, you know what, no, I'm going to Tennessee the last weekend of June. And I said, what stands out about Tennessee despite the fact that you haven't been there? And he told me the consistency. No matter mm -hmm. what, Tennessee hasn't stopped recruiting him. Um, Glenn Ellerby was by during the spring evaluation period to check in on him, and Tennessee's just made him feel like a priority even though he hasn't been here. And you and I both know, Eric, from covering recruiting, a lot of times if, if guys don't make it in for one of those junior days or for a spring practice, that staffs kind of say, eh, maybe that interest level ain't there. Credit Bennett Warren for having, you know, appropriate conversation with the Tennessee staff. Credit Tennessee for continuing to, to swing there. And this weekend you get a shot with him. And, you know, we'll see. Uh, Mi Michigan has been in a good spot here. But, man, they've got a lot of offensive tackles in the class. Um you know, others are involved, but I think Tennessee has a chance to shake things up for Bennett Warren this weekend. He's really into academics. He wants to see that plan unfolded. I think he's a guy that probably connects very well with Glenn Ellerby when it's all said and done. So we'll see what happens there. Um, it's, it's a big weekend for him because Tennessee needs a tackle body like this in the class. 
You know, it's funny when we talk about recruiting year round because it is year round. We always say, you know, big weekend coming up on Rocky Top, big weekend at Tennessee, and they are at that time, right? Like it all serves a purpose. Those junior days are huge because you want to get them back for a spring practice so they can see what it actually looks like. And then getting back for spring practice is huge because you want to get them back for an official visit so they can, you know, spend a couple of days here and and see what it would be like to be an actual student athlete. And then these official visits, you got to do well as well because then you're trying to pick up a commitment. So it all serves as a purpose, but I kind of crack myself up sometimes because I say monster weekend coming up, huge weekend, but it all serves the same purpose. Yeah, it is. I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, anytime you have a kid on your campus that you want and it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And anytime you have multiple that you want, it's an even bigger deal. So, I mean, uh, you hear us say that pretty frequently, but those January junior days were huge. Some of those <laughs> March and April visit weekends were huge. And here we are at the end of June. Tennessee likes to get the last couple of visits if they can. They've got that this weekend and last weekend. And again, huge. We're going to have it all covered over at VolQuest.com. Matt Ray, the guy with us right now, and, of course, Austin Price is going to bring you the latest details from these guys leaving campus and to see how Tennessee uh, did there. Matt, appreciate it, man. Thanks as always. Yeah, thanks, Eric. All right, we will tie a bow on this 2023 season when we return this baseball season right here on Lockdown Balls. All right, guys, I've been talking a lot of recruiting here on a Friday Locked On Vols, but I do want to kind of t- tie a bow, if you will, on the Tennessee baseball team. And I did that a little bit the other night uh, after the loss to LSU and Omaha after the game. Uh, but kind of what's next for Tennessee baseball? What, what's what's going to happen? And um, you guys know, I mean, this is a football podcast. I've been doing a lot of baseball in segment threes you know, over the last month because it's a good baseball team. And when you're winning, when you're going to the postseason, you deserve some coverage. And um, you know, at some point, you don't you don't just need to program on on on, on getting the numbers and the ratings, right? Um, and so we've been talking a lot of baseball here, but w- we won't talk as much baseball moving forward because the baseball season is over and this is a football podcast. So, kind of, what's next for Tennessee baseball? And of course, as always, you guys can you know ask me any questions on questions on Tennessee baseball because um, I'm on that beat for VolQuest.com and I'll be doing it year round. But anyway, kind of, what's next? Well, you know, Tennessee's done from the College World Series, done from Omaha, and now you venture on into the transfer portal window. It opened on May 30th, and it's it's going to be open until July 13th, and just like football doesn't mean you have to get your commitments before July 13th, just meaning if you are a guy that wants to enter the transfer portal, you got to do it before July 13th to maintain your eligibility uh, for this upcoming season. So uh, you've already seen some teams, LSU in particular, (laughs) that has – you know, already brought in and, and got some commitments from guys out of the transfer portal. And I understand the the angst and, and you know, Tennessee fans saying, well, what's going on? What's going on? It just it was mind it was mind blowing the last two weeks while Tennessee was on this run. And you just wrapped up such an improbable comeback at Southern Miss on the road and dealt with the weather delays and all that type of stuff. And you punch your ticket to the World Series and, you know, driving back nine hours the next day and I'm getting blown up on my phone like, well, What's going on? What's some recruiting? It's just like, guys, enjoy the ride. And then when you're in Omaha competing in the World Series and you have an off day, it's like, oh, well, the focus should be on this. But what about recruiting and all this you know, transfer portal? It's like, enjoy the ride. But I get it. You know, when you see LSU doing this and when you see Florida adding and, you know, some other of these teams adding, it's kind of like, well, what's Tennessee going to do? Um, so you're you're in this, this, this session now to where, and I can assure you, Tennessee's been recruiting. Tennessee's been on the phone. Tennessee's been Zooming and 
all this type of stuff, having kids for you know visits and all that. They've been working, and they're going to get some guys from the transfer portal. What are some positions of need for Tennessee moving forward uh, for the Tennessee baseball team? Um, you know, right from the get go, you want to you want to find some more pitching, right? You're going to lose Chase Dolander. He's going to be a top 10 pick likely in the NFL, in the MLB draft in a couple of weeks. And Andrew Lindsay is going to move on. He's going to be an early round draft pick. Um, you know, Seth Halverson's kind of a swing guy and he could start, but he's been great out at Tennessee bullpen. He'll be a top 10 round guy in my opinion. So th- those are some of the key pitchers that you're going to be losing from the roster. Um, you're not losing a catcher, but you'd like to upgrade that position considerably from, you know, kind of what it was this year, especially on offense. Um, shortstop Maui Hoon is going to be drafted early on, so you'll need a shortstop. Third baseman Zane Denton, we'll see. Um, Zane Denton's kind of one of those tweener guys. He has a COVID year of eligibility remaining, so there, there's, you know, uh, he's meeting and he's talking with Tennessee and all that. There's an option to come back, but also if you do get drafted, kind of how much money are they offering you? Uh, do you want to go ahead and pursue that right now or try to come back and play another year and, and increase your chances? So that one's kind of in a holding pattern. Uh, in my opinion, there's a very real chance Zane Denton could be back on this roster for 2024, and that would be huge for Tennessee. But there's also a chance he could go ahead and pursue a uh, professional route right now. So we'll have to see about that. Jared Dickey's going to go on. He's a top 150 draw, draft prospect in MajorLeagueBaseball.com. Uh, so you're missing him. Christian Scott has exhausted his eligibility. Hunter Inslee will be back next year. And, uh, of course, Camden Sewell is another one of those guys, pitchers, who has exhausted his eligibility as well. So those are some of the guys that you're moving away from in the program. So, you know, needs, you know, outfielder, maybe pitcher, catcher, infielder, kind of all that stuff. Who are, who are some names that you should be keeping an eye on right now? Some, some names doesn't mean that, you know, Tennessee's close to getting a commitment, but who are some names to be aware of kind of in the transfer portal right now? Well, I'll give you a few. Okay. Um, you've got, uh, I think Tennessee's in a great spot right now with uh, Jacksonville State, former Jacksonville State right-handed pitcher A.J. Causey. Um, he's a guy that was a reliever as a freshman, came in, started, was the Friday night guy this year for Jacksonville State. I think Tennessee's in a pretty good spot with him. Uh, a guy that's been in the portal for a couple of weeks, Wofford infielder Ryan Galaney. Actually, you know Tennessee played against him this past year. Uh, he played third base. He's played first base. He's got some versatility to his defensive game. Uh, he's a guy to keep an eye on, potentially. The big fish in the portal right now, the one that Tennessee's pushing really, really hard for, is uh, freshman Cannon Peebles from NC State. He was the designated hitter this year, but he is a catcher. Uh, they had a, an, a veteran catcher on the roster, uh, but Cannon Peebles is a catcher, and Tennessee needs an upgraded catcher. And so, you know, the, the freshman from NC State, Cannon Peebles, is a guy that really, really you got to watch out for. And then a guy who was on campus uh, earlier, the, or kind of later portion this week, actually it was yesterday to be exact, uh, taking a visit, is Nate Sneed, former freshman from Wichita State, right-handed pitcher, really talented uh, prospect coming up in, in terms of uh, pre-college, hit 100 miles per hour a couple times on the radar gun this year. Uh, Nate Sneed, right-handed pitcher from Wichita State. Those are some of those names um, that you could be kind of looking out for in the transfer portal. Tennessee won't get them all. Uh, there will be other names added to that mix, and there'll be guys that will sign out of the portal with Tennessee that aren't even some of those names that I mentioned. That's just kind of how recruiting works. Also, you need to pay attention to Major League Baseball draft because um, in college, recruiting – you want to get the best of the best, but a lot of times you get commitments and guys sign with your uh, w- w- with your program 
who will also be drafted straight out of high school. And depending on what that slot value is, and if the team wants to pay above it, right at it, or below it, that often determines if they will stay and pursue a professional route right now, or if they will go to college and do it again in three years. So we'll have to see. Some of those names, some of those commits for the class of 2023 that as a Tennessee fan, you're going to want to pay attention to uh, during the the MLB draft is Matthew Dallas, Ariel uh, Angua, Blake Grimer, Derek Schaefer, Braden Sharp, Cole Eaton, Dean Curley, and junior college prospect potentially who could be drafted, uh, Brad Lowry. So you know that those are some of those names as well. I know I'm throwing a lot of names at you right now, but uh, that's just kind of what you need to be keeping an eye on right now. Overall, State of the Union, if you will, for Tennessee baseball, good shape. Second time in three years, your season ends in Omaha. Um, again, a team that overcame so much adversity and was counted out so many times, yet just continued to win, and they were one of the last teams standing. You had a super team, and again, you know, the, this team has been compared to the 2022 team, you know, the the entire time uh, this season, and it's been unfair. And now you want to flip the script a little bit. Well, look how good that 2022 team was, and this 2023 team went to Omaha. This 2023 team won a game in Omaha, something that hasn't happened in 22 years for Tennessee baseball. It's a lot to celebrate right now. There were some frustrating parts, sure, but there's something sweet about how this team got better and better and better. Drew Beam was so good in postseason play. I got a 3-2-1 over VolQuest.com coming up on Friday, and I ran the numbers of Drew Beam in postseason play, and he was he was so good. So three starts in postseason play this year, 17 innings and two-thirds, four runs surrendered, gave up 17 hits, 26 strikeouts, three walks. Playoff Beamer, right? Beamer ball, if you will. He was incredible for Tennessee. And, and, and a couple other numbers here that I want to mention when comparing the 2023 season to the 2022 season, okay? Uh, both of those seasons had 66 games, if you're keeping track at home. All right, 66 games. Tennessee committed 49 errors defensively in 2022. Tennessee committed... 53 errors total in 2023. That's really impressive considering how bad they were defensively at the beginning of the year, but also how they had to add, they, they had to replace every position player. That, that's really, really, really impressive when you sit here and think about it. Um, in terms of the runs, the runs scored, the offensive run scored, was able to overcome a lot of warts for that 2022 baseball. I say a lot any warts that were there, maybe one or two, the runs could make up for it, right? Um, Tennessee didn't have that this year. So in 2022, Tennessee scored 613 runs. In 2023, Tennessee scored, let's see here, 489 runs. In 2022, Tennessee gave up 192 runs. In 2023, Tennessee gave up 100 or 267 runs. So that's kind of expected, right? Your pitching was elite. Starting pitching was elite in 2022. Took a step back this year. Overall pitching was still good. Great, actually. But it took a step back this year. And the lineup, though it improved and improved and improved, it took a step back because you were so elite in 2022 to where you could overcome so much. So regardless of all that, this team again came together, played right at the right time and made it to Omaha. And so this is a fun year to watch. It was a fun year to watch as now we transition into off season mode and see kind of what that roster 
could look like for 2024. So, um, of course, you can always ask me about Tennessee baseball. As always, we'll continue to shift and talk more Tennessee football from here on out. Man, fall camp, just a couple, just a couple of uh, of weeks away when you think about it, a little over a month. And I'm really, really excited to bring you all that coverage here at VolQuest.com, uh, at VolQuest.com and right here at Locked On Vols. Guys, can't thank you enough, as always, for another week of Locked On Vols. Thanks for bearing with, bearing with me through my crazy travel schedule. Uh, the last month or so, <laughs> really, really do appreciate that. Every day, as you guys make this podcast what it is, can't thank you enough. And if you're new to the podcast, I encourage you to come back Monday morning. We'll have 30 minutes of Tennessee football content for your commute to work, for your workout, or hey, whether you're just you know popping them in in the in the cubicle, popping those earbuds in in the cubicle and listening to Lockdown Balls, uh, that is awesome. You guys enjoy your weekend, stay safe. We'll do it again on Monday, everybody. This is Lockdown Balls.